0: Welcome to episode 28 of the Muck Podcast, where we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Hadamio, And I'm Hillary
1: Doherty. <laughs> Hillary, <laughs> how are you? Girl, it has been a week. Yes, it has. I'm over it. The this, this state you. is blowing up. Oh my God. <laughs> With it's corona cases, COVID nineteen cases, I I can't I'm I'm we're at over nine thousand. It was like nine thousand six hundred the other day. Yeah, and I'm hearing people predicting day. it's going to be up to ten to fifteen thousand yeah. a day by next week. And so, like, I'm finally at the point where yesterday or sometime this week, I was posting like, "Okay, state and federal leaders who represent Florida who have brains, when are you going to step in and like do something Just, about this? Because yeah. the governor's watching people get sick and watching people die." And he's so, like, like what's everything's the deal? fine. He, I watched, and I don't ever watch press conferences. I don't listen he's to him. He's like a dope when he talks. He's, he's dopey. He's he, always been yeah. dopey, to Governor DeSantis, but like, he literally is congratulating himself on what the numbers and everything that's happening. And then. Went on to blame people in their late twenties, early thirties, that they're the ones going out, they're the ones being tested, um being tested positive. That there's a there's a median age there, and I was like, wait. So wait. now we're blaming young people. How about the fact that you opened the state too early? This is your fault. How about yeah? How about you didn't close the state
0: down soon enough? Yes, and then and opened then too you early. opened too early.
1: Yeah. And now it's everybody else's fault, but you have a job and that's to protect yeah. the people of Florida well, and you're failing. His job,
0: so, his job for him is to kiss the president's ass.
1: Well, I gotta tell you, get on the news every single yes. fucking day and call this guy uh, irresponsible and incompetent. Yeah. Every single day, our elected o- o- officials should be doing that. Not calling yes. for a session. He's not gonna give you a session, but every single day, get in front of the press. And call him incompetent. That he needs to resign. Yes. He needs to step down every single day. Because if you are not doing that, you are standing by. And there's a part of me. We're a state of seniors. Yes, <laughs> we have parents and children. Oh and God. I don't want to hear about oh the vulnerable. We're all vulnerable. Yes. That was the worst thing that ever happened with COVID. Is that they said the vulnerable were it was this older population. Right. We For are all our, vulnerable. Our pre-existing conditions. Yes. And no
0: one knows exactly. Why some people are affected and others aren't? They really don't have an understanding.
1: Yeah, and just because we're in our 40s doesn't mean we want the fucking virus. No. And so to sit back Please. and watch this, there's a part of me that's like, I really hope to God that Democrats aren't watching this, going, "Well, we're going to see Trump fail, we'll see DeSantis fail, it'll be good for us in the in in the polls. Yeah, we'll all be in the election. Well, yeah, the, you're <laughs> not going to have any fucking voters. <laughs> First, <laughs> I'm not blaming DeSantis, but if you're my representative and you're not stepping up and doing something to stop this fucking incompetence. You're watching it happen. Don't tell me about how the numbers are soaring. Fucking do something about it.
0: Yeah, You have a responsibility.
1: uh, He needs to be called out on it. Every single day until he's so embarrassed. It's not a party thing. How are you watching this happen? People are out here getting sick and you're doing um, nothing.
0: The latest, a friend of mine sent me, my friend Karen Martinez sent me a text this morning and she's like you know um she's like how how are we dealing with um remind me again why straight white men are in charge of everything because there's this article about making men feel manly in masks like that's where we are to get some of these men to wear masks we got to make it seem manly you know like you're being heroic if you wear
1: your mask like just wear the mask well that's i I think that's part of it too (laughs) A friend of mine told me they went down after the, after when everything opened up again, uh, her kids were dying to go out to eat. And so she was like, okay, well, it should be okay. They're going to be distancing these tables. So they went to this city called Lauderdale by the sea where a lot of it is like there's outdoor dining. Yes. So they go down there and they're, the four of them are wearing their masks, but nobody else is. Yeah. None of the other people sitting in the restaurant. There's people walking by their table not wearing masks. Because it's all the
0: people coming in from Jersey and, and she New said, York on vacation. They're like, oh, we don't care.
1: But it's also dumb Floridians. Yes. We're fucking dumb as shit. And she said um, that at one point they felt really stupid that they were the only ones wearing the masks. And I said, and that's exactly why people don't wear them. Because people, I guarantee you, go out with them. But then they see masses of masses of people and they don't want to be different. They don't want to be the ones wearing the mask because they'll feel like, you know, that they have, everybody's got to fit in with their freedoms and their bullshit. Oh my God. My favorite is, you know, like that,
0: that it's being politicized. And my, when people say, yeah, just like when you, you know, wear that seatbelt, that's the government telling you what to do, but you have to wear your seatbelt, right? It's a law. Like, there are things that you have to do.
1: Well, even in this press conference. And it doesn't
0: have to be political. This is about the safety of yourself
1: and others. Yeah. Well, the, the were, in that press conference, one of the journalists had said something to him about, "Are is there, you know, there's ordinances now. Counties have to take up the the place of the federal, of the right. state government because they're failing. And he said, um, DeSantis said that, the person said, should there be, Fines and arrests for people who aren't following these ordinances. And he was like, I don't think that's necessary. It's absolutely necessary. Put fucking handcuffs. You gotta put a helmet on when you ride a bike. Yeah. Put handcuffs on them and put them in fucking jail because they're risking people's lives. And you know, maybe you feel okay without the mask, but within two weeks if you're sick, you don't even know who you've come in contact with. And there's videos of people coughing on people in in restaurants, in stores. What in the fuck is going on? My
0: father told me the story how he was, and he, and my dad, you know, he's older and he's just like, well, no, it's not, but not a big deal. And I'm, I try to explain to him, my dad's old school Italian. (laughs) And he was speaking to a woman who had come in from New Jersey. And she's like, yeah, I had a fever. I had a fever about six days ago, but the fever went away. Look at me. I'm fine. I'm like, wait a minute. You talked to this lady. You spoke to her and she had a fever six days ago. That means if she had COVID, She's still contagious, right? but if she had a fever six days ago, and then she went on an airplane and flew down here and has been walking around, so she potentially infected people on an airplane at the airport. Right. Who knows the contact she's coming to? And she's like, I'm strong. I beat it. It went away. You didn't even know what you had, number one. She may not have even had COVID. Yeah, probably not. they're saying, like, if you have a fever, yes, you should self-quarantine for two weeks. She gets on an airplane and comes to Florida. So this is the
1: people that we're dealing with. Well, you know? I mean, it's the worst time in our history to have yes. a pandemic. Because... Yeah, because this is too many it, stupid people. The, the shit that's leading up to, like, the fake news and all of these things that have led up to it, it's like now we're equating the same... This is not a, a Democrat trying to sell something. And you You're, even
0: have... Uh, the the vice president who's the head the head of the coronavirus task force asked you know can you just tell people like, yes that it's important to put a mask on yeah and he deflects it
1: saying you know it's up to state you know right well, he will not say so governor will was not the same. say it so that's also something i was thinking when i was watching that press conference well all, although it was As I was watching the press conference, I was a little too fired up and wrote about 30 to 40 comments as this live fucking press conference was going. And people were like, you know, liking or either replying to the my comments being like, oh, libtard or whatever. But one of my comments, which I ignore, I don't give a fuck. But one of my comments to him was like, it is your supporters, your freedom fighter, right wing people who are refusing to put masks on that you're saying is important. So you need to have a direct Con, con, conversation with them in the camera, saying, "Put a mask. on. Put a mask on. You have to do that. This is not. This is not an option." I know. Now they're calling them mask holes <laughs> for oh not my putting God. masks on. I can't stand it.
0: All right, girl, are you ready? I hate the state so much. I do too. We're. Li- I mean, uh, we are fl- It's a Florida, and we are just That's just what we are. We right. are a stupid, stupid state. I have an Airbnb that is um very close to my house and for the past 3 nights it has been loud partying of young people which is fine have a good time but not during a pandemic
1: yeah it's really disturbing so again you know <laughs> i we've i've already done the story about the aids epidemic and how leaders watched this thing unroll oh, here we un- go. and and unfold and, the, and then didn't did not take it up enough didn't take it seriously enough and thousands and thousands of people died mm-hmm. and that's what's happening we are watching all of this happened. We're watching people get sick and it spread like wildfire. It's an embarrassment as a country. Oh my God. Other it's countries have gotten it under control and yeah. now they're not allowed. Like the EU is saying if you can't come in if you're coming from the US. Right. And so what are we doing? And so I, I'm, I would love just, to put a call out to like good leaders to actually step up and start taking some control. And doing something. Don't sit here and tell me how bad the numbers are. What are you going to do yeah. about it? Because the person in charge is a baby who like, I, I can't even, I don't even have accurate, I can't even come up with a man child even, or like yes. man baby is the only way I can explain DeSantis. And he really, I don't know who's advising him, but they need to be fired immediately because they're not doing him any favors and they're putting the entire state of Florida at risk. And it is a fucking crime. It's a criminal it as far as I'm it concerned. Is. So I'd love to sit here and pretend like everything's great, but if these leaders don't start stepping up, maybe they should be voted the fuck out too because Ooh. I don't have time for it. Yeah. And if my parents get sick or my children, oh my God. I'm going to fucking kill somebody. Okay? <sighs> Goodbye. All right, Tina, you're first. I'm oh. sorry. I'm so upset about this I know. fucking math bullshit. Listen,
0: I can't even think about schools in the fall. I'm. No, I'm really... It's over.
1: When these numbers start spiking, I go, there goes August. Yeah. School's not coming back. Like the. And then again, they don't even think about what the 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 impact. the impact and the um and the weight that now working parents have to carry because yes, of this because
0: they can't afford daycare how the
1: fuck are we going to do it, this
0: and then if they're not in school but you're going to put them in daycare then why aren't they in school i mean i can see that argument from people who who don't have anyone to take care of their kids or don't have the ability to work from home right Why am I going to pay for daycare? They're going to be with groups of kids. Why not just put them in school? If they had kept
1: everything shut down through the end of July, like beaches, everything shut down through the end of July, we, there was a very good possibility schools could have opened up the end of August and been okay. Yes. But they didn't do that. If we would have started when everyone else started.
0: Yes. Earlier. Yeah. Because remember all the spring break or I mean, everything in the state was delayed.
1: Yeah. All right. Okay, sorry, go. No, it's fine. Let's do it. Okay, so (laughs) today
0: I'm going to tell you the story of former Arkansas Senator Linda Collins-Smith. Okay. So Linda Collins-Smith served as Arkansas Senator from 2014 to 2019, and prior to that served as a member of the Arkansas House of Representatives from 2011 to 2013. But when her body is discovered (gasps) outside her home... I know the story. Her death... A little bit. And the alleged reason for her murder sends shockwaves through her hometown
1: of Pocahontas. Yes. I know this story a little bit because I I think it's on my list. But it was still so, I think when I put it on my list, it was still, it was like still unraveling and I was like, okay, I got to wait for more information. I know. I I feel the same way with this. And my
0: husband, so my husband is from Arkansas and he's like, you got to do this story. So I was like, (laughs) all right, let me. It's a good one. Let me do it. So our story takes place in Pocahontas, Arkansas, which is part of Randolph County, and that's one of the oldest, it's the oldest county in Arkansas. And Pocahontas, of course, is named after the Native American Pocahontas, and there's a statue of her in the town. Nice. And it's a small city with a population of about 6,000. So before I get into the details about her murder, I want to just give you a little bit of background on Colin Smith, and I'm going to refer to her as Collins because she Was known as Collins Smith when she was an elected official, but then she got a divorce and people referred to her as Collins and in her obituary and other things. So I want to refer to her that way. So Linda Collins, then Smith, um, was a local business owner in Pocahontas. She owned a Days Inn and prior to running the Days Inn, she worked in real estate. Um, she sold that Days Inn and she owned like another like motel in the town Okay, with her Now ex-husband, they ran that uh, motel together. She was a registered Democrat until 2011. Mm -hmm. And she was elected to the Arkansas House as a Dem. But she switched shortly after to Republican. Like right maybe a few months after she was elected, she switched to the Republican Party. Nice. And when she ran and won the Arkansas seat, it was as a Republican. And as far as switching parties, according to a Ballapedia article, she noted, I have not left the Democratic Party, but the party left me. Mm, and she right. felt that the party had mar- moved a little too far to the left f- mm-hmm. for her, which and uh, a lot of people who switch, who are those sort of s- more Southern moderate Democrats right. in the early 2000s, making that switch, that was sort of the statement of like the party left me kind of thing. And she ran pretty conservative. So the switch makes sense. She was a lifelong NRA member. Uh, she was a member um Of various committees, but as a Senate member, she put one of those bathroom bills forward uh, that determined that bathroom use was by biological gender assigned at birth, which of course would directly impact transgender folks. Of course. And thankfully that bill did not pass, but she just, you know, she was very conservative. She was married to a circuit court judge, a Philip Smith, who according to Max Brantley's Arkansas Times article He resigned in 2017 because during their divorce, he used his office for personal use, which isn't allowed. And so I couldn't get all of the details, but what I think is that he was using his office maybe to try to get information or do things on a personal level with this divorce that was happening. Okay. That he could, you can't do that. And so he was reprimanded and he retired as a result. When you say his
1: office, you mean as a judge? As a judge. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so the other thing
0: is apparently their divorce was very, very bitter. Um, She started the proceedings in 2016 and the divorce was finalized in 2018. And they have two adult children. They have some grandchildren. And from all accounts, she was like this very loving and caring mother and grandmother. And she according to her family, like gave her all and everything and was very dedicated to her kids. But this divorce was, um, pretty bad. Um, he even tried to have her jailed at one time because
1: what happened?
0: Um, I think it was just about the property and the money and, you know, got very contentious because they own property together and, and the businesses, and then trying to separate all that during a divorce, I guess, got really nasty. So according to the NEA report, uh Collins was last seen on May 28th and that's the last activity on her social media pages. So that's the thing that's so interesting to me today is that if someone is super active on social media mm-hmm. and then suddenly they're not like that's something that the police look into and go, well, this is someone who posted every single day and now we haven't right you know it's radio silence for days and so that's where they estimate well this is the last time she was on social media this is the last time someone saw her and so that's where they estimate that was the last sort of known appearance of her was on may 28th and according to the magnolia reporter on or around june 4 a body was found at her home and another article so abc news did all of these articles um uh, there was a jacoby margolan holland They did all of these articles um, on the case, so I'm referencing them a lot, and they're in our sources. But they indicate that Colin's son and her father went to the house because they hadn't heard from her, so they're like, let's go and check things out. And in the driveway, Mm. they find um, a body that's been wrapped in a blanket under a tarp. Yeah, And so they call the police immediately, but they assumed... It was Collins, but the body had been out there, and it was wrapped up, and it was at her house. So of course, that's what the the. And imagine this poor son. No, And, I can't. and it was her father, right? I mean, if for and I mean, regardless of politics, like no one deserves. Oh, of course this not. Horrible, horrible tragedy, and for her son to have to find. I mean, but it's even just,
1: like it's terrible. So she's been there for days. The weirdest thing to me about this story is like, was it dumped there? You know, like was her body just dumped in the driveway because it doesn't. I mean, if my mother was missing, the first place I'd go if I hadn't heard from her was her house. Yeah. So that's, you know, where they go. Yeah. yeah. But if it's been days, like, why wouldn't that be the like, I, I would know within 12, 24 hours my mother was missing because we talk right. every single day. Yeah. Well, right? maybe,
0: but maybe they don't talk every, you know, maybe it's like, oh, well. Right.
1: They don't have that kind of relationship. Yeah. So, so it's been days since they've well, heard her or anybody's yeah, let's seen see. her. Let's,
0: maybe five, six days. Yeah. You know, so they were probably like, oh, well, I haven't heard from her. Let's let's go by the house. So they find this body. Mm-hmm. And at first it appeared to be a gunshot wound. And a couple neighbors were even like, yeah, a couple of nights ago or a few nights back, we thought we heard gunshots. Yeah. And so that was what they thought. But at the time they couldn't positively state the cause of death nor ID the victim because of the stage of decomp because Oof. she's been out on a driveway oh, for wrapped sake. up under a tarp. I mean, oh, it's yeah. horrible.
1: And it's probably not like Florida. Like in most neighborhoods, there you could see your neighbor's driveway like within right. feet. So maybe she lives in a property or a neighborhood where, it's where the like houses pushback. are. Yeah, and, yes. and no one could see it and from no the street.
0: One, or if it's just a tarp lying there, people yeah, are pe- not going to assume that there's a body under it.
1: Oh my God. You know? Well, I would. Cause I'm insane. <laughs> there's a body. <laughs> yes. Every time I see a, something like a, roll like a carpet bag, on the side yeah. of the road, I go, there's a body in that uh, fucking carpet. I know. It's terrible.
0: So the ABC News article also indicates that after an autopsy was performed, right? They found that it was Linda Collins and they realized it wasn't gunshot. Oh, but it was multiple stab wounds. Oh shit. And they determined that her body was moved to the outside and so that you know the crime happened and then maybe they were trying to get rid of the body or move it or whatever and who knows what happened maybe they were interrupted They're that part like, oh right Boom, and the body's but just even left even
1: like stabbing yes is so personal yes. and like Multiple. angry that's so fucked up so it's definitely somebody who must have known her and then why not just leave the body in the house and get the fuck out why i are think you they were tr- i it? think they were maybe
0: trying to move the body yeah but like where are you going? Just leave it. Who knows? I'm mean, well. If you want to like make it seem like she disappeared,
1: or and maybe a, get rid of evidence. Yeah, get any rid evidence of the on body. the body that it could link
0: to the killer. Yeah, I was just listening. I've been listening to Dateline on um, the podcast. I told you. It's so good. Yeah, and it's um, and there was a similar crime where it, it was a husband, and of course he, it's always the husband. He um attempted to get rid of his wife, but he put her on the boat. And like threw her over the side, but the, 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 not the coast guard, it was like these drug agents that were out there looking for drug runners. They see these guys on a boat and they stop them and they see that they threw something over the side. (gasps) So they chase them down thinking they have drugs on the boat. And it's not till like 20 years later where they figure out like where the other guy on the boat finally says, yeah, we we threw, it was her body that we dumped over. Cause they were like, oh, we got rid of, you know, whatever. Yeah. Fish guts or something. Holy shit. Crazy. So, who committed this heinous act? So, about a week after Collins' murder, a Rebecca Lynn O'Donnell mm-hmm. is arrested for the crime. Whoa. So, on the way to Collins' visitation, she and her fiancé, Rebe- Rebecca O'Donnell and her fiancé, are going to the visitation for Collins. Okay. And the cops stop her, and they're like, boom, arrested.
1: You mean like the funeral, whatever, yes. the services? Yes, Okay.
0: So, um, again, according to ABC News, allegedly O'Donnell worked for Collins Mm-mm. as an aide, mm. like, during her campaign and all of that. Okay. She was a manager of her personal business finances, and she was, like, a longtime friend. And it reminded me of the Selena story. Yes! Oh, my
1: God! I was just going to say Selena! Uh, Selena! Oh, yes. my God! I still love that Oh! It's a great, what a story. Ugh. Jesus, Maron. But the and same it's thing that, with It's this. the same
0: thing, like that president of the fan club, someone that was so close that was, like, skimming money and ends up being the one who murders her because Selena, like, finds out about it. And you guys should watch the movie with uh, J-Lo. Yeah. Oh, my God, J-Lo. Uh-huh. So, um, uh,
1: so this woman is older? Or is she younger?
0: She is younger than, than Collins. Okay. She is, I want to say, like, I think she was 47, at okay. the time of this. And Collins was like early 50s. And so. Dang. Yeah. So, I'm dying to know, know what the hell is going on well, here. I, so this is the thing. The, the court case is still happening. Right. So, but there's a mountain of evidence. Okay. And so this is all alleged that she's allegedly done this because she is going to be tried in October of 2020. So we'll do an update whenever that trial ends. But. One of the things that led to her arrest is allegedly there was surveillance video showing O'Donnell on the day of the murder uh, removed on that 28th, which is the day that they're assuming that all of this happened, um, that she was removing security cameras from inside the house. So there's videos of her removing cameras so the cameras are taken out so there's no footage of what happened inside the house and she's the person that removed the cameras which is very suspicious yeah like why are you doing why that? are you doing yeah, that yeah. and um her fiance said that her that O'Donnell that day had told him that she was going to meet Collins for lunch on that on that last day that she was seen so they have her you know, going to see her for lunch. They have her removing the security cameras and the motive they believe is financial okay. because remember she is in her like financial business and personal. So there's um, a couple of things that I'll get into with that. So according to the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, a uh, judge Fogelman issued warrants for the following Collins uh, computer at the motel she owned A 2011 Ford Focus owned by O'Donnell's mom, um, because the car may contain, quote, concealed biological evidence. Mm -hmm. According to a KAIT8 article, additional warrants were issued for email accounts, addresses, IP addresses, any logins or sign-ons from May 25th to June 4th. Any web activity, Gmail, location history, Android, Google, Google Play, Google Voice, Google Calendar, Google
1: Payments, YouTube. Yeah. So and Google, there's a Google oh, thing that happens apparently. Yes. That contains all of your information. Yes. That's really frightening. It's frightening. By the way. But on any time yeah. I hear cases if you're like shady, this, if you're doing some shady stuff, that's they're gonna get you yes. with the Google stuff. They are. And
0: if you're not shady and something's happened to you, like they can That's true, figure too. out everything of where you've gone, what <laughs> you've true. done and like yeah. know what's going on. And so, um, the special prosecutor, Robert Dittrich, um, as reported by the Demo- Arkansas Democrat Gazette says that money was this motive and a notice filed by the special prosecutor states that the murder was quote committed for the purpose of avoiding or preventing an arrest. Hmm. And for pecuni- pecuniary gain, so what that tells me is that Collins got wind she's stealing of what she was doing yeah. and was gonna like turn her in yes. or who knows what. And she right, which is what happened with herself. with Selena, right? Yes. Wasn't that woman totally yes. skimming
1: and doing all kinds of shady shit? Yes. And she's like, you have to. We're gonna have to fire you. And this woman fucking lost her mind.
0: Yeah, she yeah, and she just yeah. Uh, so I I mean, to me, it then seems that this is planned. Of course. You know, like not like a spur of the moment. So according to, I mean, she's taken security cameras down. Yeah. So according to WSB TV, the family had this to say upon learning that O'Donnell was arrested for the crime. We are sickened and upset that someone so close to Linda would be involved in such a terrible, heartless crime. I mean, and I think that's the worst of it. Like if it's a stranger, it's terrible, but to know that it's someone that has been around your family, that, you know that you've wow. welcomed that even you imagine. like love yeah. as a friend. Holy shit! Has like committed, has done this, and and you trust that person, or you talk to them after this death, and they've talked to you, and then this thing happens. Bang! All right. So the charges. So currently O'Donnell is charged with capital murder, abuse of a corpse. Oh, Ugh. I know. What a charge! <laughs> Tampering with physical evidence. So again, like I said, the trial set for 2020, but they are seeking, this is Arkansas, mm-hmm. they are seeking the death penalty in this case. And O'Donnell has pled not guilty <gasps> what? on all charges. <laughs> Girl, you better get right. Oh, well, she, she wait pointing the finger see, at somebody well, else? Wait, wait until you see what else happens, though. So I just wanted to do a couple of tributes before I get into some of the points of interest. So her daughter-in-law, Jennifer McKenzie-Smith, uh, said, now a monster has taken her away from us. My children can no longer make new memories with their grandmama. My husband doesn't have his mom. I don't have my mother-in-law. This is the most hardest thing to go through. There are no words to describe the pain and heartache. I want to thank everyone for all the love and support. She will be missed but never forgotten. Love you, grandmommy. And then it. Uh, this was like a online tribute, hashtag justice for Linda. And then Governor uh, Asa Hutchinson tweeted, I'm both stunned and saddened by the death of former state senator Linda Collins-Smith. She was a good person who served in the public arena with passion and conviction. The First Lady and I extend our deepest sympathies for her family and friends during this difficult time. I mean, it's just, it's a terrible, terrible thing, you know, that, that family members have to, I feel like the death of any loved one is mm-hmm. is terrible, but when it's through an act of murder... Yeah. It's it's terrible. And I just feel so bad for the son and the father. Like, you know, it's one thing if someone found this body, but like that it's her family members found that is terrible to me. It is. It's terrible. So some points. So like I said um, earlier that the, um, the Judge Smith wanted Collins uh, arrested for allegedly hiding money during the divorce. And so...
1: Mm. You know, and
0: that thing, I think that kind of stuff always happens where people want to hide how much money they have so that they don't have to give out the money. Um, The one thing I thought that was interesting in this case is that the judge on the murder case decided to put a gag order forward so that no one could discuss specific details about the case, most notably the abuse of a corpse issue. So people don't know like what she did to the body, what
1: that is. Um, so it's possible she like did the stabbing or she stabbed her and then wanted it to look like something else had yeah, happened. I mean, who knows? Like a rape
0: or something. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So that's, people are still wondering about that charge. Um, according to another ABC news article, three judges had to step down from the case due to varying conflicts of interest. So, I mean, this, this hasn't even gone to court yet and it's already been three different judges. A new prosecutor Robert uh, Dietrich is the new one, but there was someone prior to him, a Henry Boyce who had retired. And so then there was a new prosecutor assigned. Oh my gosh. Um, and then this is something that was very interesting is okay. allegedly uh huh, just this year, January, 2020, O'Donnell now has been in jail because she's held without bond. Right. She attempted to hire some cellmates to kill Collins' ex-husband, the judge, and the ex husband's new wife. Why? And the prosecutor on the case, and one of the judges that stepped down. What in
1: the hell is going <laughs> on with this woman? And it was
0: like various people. But so, according to CBS News, an inmate claims that she was told that Phil Smith needed to be killed, and a suicide note was to be left so the charges would be dropped off her. Right. She puts. She blame wants on to pin it on the ex husband. Right. Have a suit. So she writes suicide notes. <gasps> for Phil and for the the the, the new the ex husband's new wife, and she passes these notes to one of the inmates because it was various inmates that she was working with because she had fucking idiot she had um a couple of inmates that she wanted for murder and then she had a couple of inmates that she wanted to do other stuff, but they have her on video passing oh my God. these allegedly the letters and then the inmate takes the letters but in all of these sort of um. Whenever you have like a, a, a incarcerated person saying, "Oh, I have this information," the defense is going to say, "Well, this is a criminal. They right. want to get lesser charges. This is, a, you know." So
1: that of but course, but they is, have her on tape doing all well, of it. Well, they have her passing like the letters. Jailhouse so, rat. It's yeah. somebody who's actually watching. Give me a break. She's just she's, woman's insane. Yeah. Can you imagine?
0: So allegedly, she offered gold and silver. As payment. So um, supposedly Phil Smith had gold and silver in his house, somewhere in the house. And she knew this because of Linda, Mm -hmm. um, the person that she allegedly killed. And so she told them like, look, there's about maybe 10, 20 grand in gold and silver. I can find out where it is and you can kill them and get that will be your payment. So um, she got it all worked out. She did. So additional charges now. Um, have been put on her. So two counts of solicitation to commit capital murder, two misdemeanor counts of solicitation to tamper with physical evidence while in custody. And then according to another article by the Arkansas Gazette, uh, Democrat or the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, she also wanted her 2005 Honda Civic blown up. And that was another thing that she Mm. was trying to get someone to do. So, you know, there's gotta be some evidence in that car. Dang. Dang. So it's so interesting to me. I'm like, this lady. So according to KATV, her fiance, Tim Loggins, had this to say to ABC regarding the new charges. My family's faith in Becky is unwavering. We cannot imagine the evidence will actually substantiate these allegations. The allegations defy believability. I won't even comment on the informant's extensive criminal history, but instead we'll wait to see Mm -hmm. if the state produces credible evidence at trial. So he's like, no way, like if you know her, she wouldn't do this. So sad. But I'm, this guy to me is a little shady. This, this, this This, person who's saying this. This fiance. Yeah. Because, and, and I'll, I'll get into it, but you'll see. So in June, just this month, the judge has finally agreed to lift the gag order Mm. and He's not indicating how much or why or what is going to come out, but like slowly more and more things are going to come out about what the police found. Okay. And it's not going to be under this gag order anymore. So I'm interested into seeing what is going to be released. Cause he was like the public needs to know. Yeah. So I'm like, Ooh, I want to know, I yeah. want to know what's in it. Oh my God. So, um, again, O'Donnell's family claims that she's a hundred percent innocent, that she could never do this to a longtime friend that she is not the type of person to commit murder. And O'Donnell's defense team claims that she has been mistreated in jail as well. And according to, again, an ABC News article, she had extremely stringent rules and restrictions that other inmates did not have and were not warranted by some offense or by some misdemeanor. So the jailers couldn't provide reason for why O'Donnell had these additional restrictions put on her that other inmates didn't have. And so they had to lift those restrictions. So again, that gag order prevented details from coming out. So there's still a lot of speculation as to why they did that. And maybe it's because she killed a senator. There, you yeah, know, like they're, you know, like they're going to treat her worse than another inmate. You yeah. know, I don't know. Well, she's who not knows? being
1: treated that badly. She's able to pass notes to she's people. She's passing notes. Jesus, she's, she's, she's
0: making plans. Yeah. So according to an NEA report article, O'Donnell's sister, okay, accused her of being a thief. So allegedly, um, prior to this in 2014, um, O'Donnell, O'Donnell's sister's friend owned a consignment shop and she hired O'Donnell, right? Okay. So while working at the consignment shop, she ends up firing O'Donnell, the, the friend, fires O'Donnell for theft because she found out she was stealing. She had like put a bunch of like designer jeans She's a a bag. And then she put the bag by the dumpster and this and that. And so she felt really bad because she's friends with the sister. And she's like, I'm sorry. Like I had to fire your sister. Like, I hope like our friendship is okay. Kind of thing was on Facebook. And so the sister said, look, O'Donnell, Rebecca stole about $160,000 in retirement money. From our mother. Holy she shit. She opened up credit card. This is allegedly, this was according to the sister. And this is according to the sister in a Facebook message to this consignment store yes. owner. Okay. And, sh- and she's like, here's the message. But she said that she opened up credit cards in her children's name, maxed them out. And
1: um, she's got problems. This is not, so this is like, and she said,
0: right. And she said, I wish she told uh, Melissa Jones is the owner of that consignment shop. And she's like, I wish you would have filed charges against her. Yeah. So this is like back in 2014. So There might be this pattern of her ripping people off and doing this kind of stuff. Maybe. And the other thing that I thought was interesting, according to an NEA report, Logins, that's O'Donnell's fiance, had power of attorney over Collins' accounts. What? But I couldn't find out why. And there were some issues where Collins' ex-husband, Smith, was like, stopped a payment because he had like cashed a check. Log in and then, yes, and then he had put it in, in Collins's name, and it was for like 50 grand. And Smith was like, you're not going to cash any checks unless my name is on it, too. So there was some issue going on they, where they had access.
1: Yeah, no, this is all shady. So
0: I think they were definitely skimming and taking money. And maybe when the divorce was happening is when Collins maybe was able to see more.
1: Yeah. Cause everything's being gone through. Right. Fine tooth comb. Yes. Whoa, bro. That's crazy. So I
0: don't know. I mean, but Logan's no charges were filed against him or anything with this murder. Um, but it is crazy. So I am anxious to see how this trial. Here's the thing. Out. There's no
1: way this woman moved that body by herself. Come on. Yeah. There's no way
0: wrapped it up and wrapped it up and, and pulled and, it out there. No way. I'm, I'm curious to see like what her defense is. You know, because why are you ta- why are you taking cameras? Why are you taking cameras? No, it's all down. planned. How can you yeah. even say not
1: guilty? How can yeah. how are
0: you even doing that? Because she's out and of she, her mind. Well, and she's saying not guilty to the whole um, the new charges. Yeah, no,
1: she, she's, she's like, she's, I didn't do any yeah, of that. You're right. Somebody got into your body, some yeah. weird spirit, and, and and wrote suicide letters. And yes. What in the fuck? It's so wild. Come on. So <laughs> anyway, that's the story. That is oh.
0: the the sad. Uh, story of uh, the murder of Linda Collins Smith former senator of
1: Arkansas oh my god it's, it's terrible. so sad it's terrible it is. It like is. money like like don't steal yeah no this is this is really really sad and i i feel bad for her family but like it's the I worst feel- part is when these when the people who do these things they don't plead guilty and now they're like dragging this yeah, thing out and so now we have to have a
0: whole trial and this and that yeah and it's just cuz you know here she is. She's like this business owner, um, you know, recently divorced. She's probably, you know, she's still young. Yeah. And she's probably like, okay, like my, my life is going to start. I'm going to have, my children are grown. I'm going to stop know, like the trans new... people
1: from being able to use the bathroom. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> she was no longer Senator, but you know, she probably said, I'm going to have this yes. life now. Yeah. And now, you know, her friend does this to her. It's, 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 it's
1: terrible. It terrible. is terrible. Girl, good good one. All right. All right. So today I'm going to tell you the story behind a very very famous <gasps> photograph. Ooh. Okay. So this photo I that can't I will show wait. you. Wait. It's going to be a back. fun it's going to be a fun story. So this is the most requested photo from the National Archives. Oh, okay. This photo. Oh! <laughs> Elvis! <laughs> this photo is from the, one of the most bizarre moments in, if you can imagine, the Nixon yes. administration. Yes! But it's when Elvis met Richard Nixon I in the Oval this. Office. So the story behind at, this I mean, but is insane. At, look
0: at just how Elvis is posed. Yeah. He's so cool.
1: Yeah. He's he's really cool. Like, I mean he's, he's just
0: like look at me with the, with the way the jacket's just on him.
1: Yeah. Everything about him is He's so handsome too. But this is before this is so the story is so fucking wild. Oh I can't when you wait to hear the story. But it is still to this day. It was the picture was taken December twenty first. I'm gonna request it. I'm yes. gonna request the photo. <laughs> um, it was taken December 21st, 1970, and is still to this day the most requested photo from the wow. National Archives. So uh, I have a little history with this photo, which is very <gasps> crazy, too. So I don't even know how I thought about doing the story. I think it popped up where it was like the, like one of those random stories that pop up on the Internet and it came up. and It was like this is the most requested photo. And I remembered <laughs> that when I went to the first Women's March... Yes. that massive, you know, January seventh, yes. two thousand seventeen. Uh, I went with my mom and my sister in law, Laurel. And uh, Laurel, I'm trying to, re- I was trying to remember whose house we stayed at, but she had worked for this woman's mother, and this woman and her husband lived in D.C. Her husband worked for all different uh, variations of administrations in in D.C. through his time there as, like, a head of the Department of Health. Like, all these different – but we didn't – I did not know who – and I honestly – I was going to call her and ask her who his name was, but then I was like, I don't know if I want to say this person's name on the podcast, but we stayed at their house because they were out of town. So they allowed us to stay in their house in D.C. to go to the march.
0: That's nice. So when we
1: were – yeah, Because it was crowded. Yeah. So one night we were watching the TV, you know, it was the night before the march, and it was in – the, like a living room and there's books everywhere and pictures on the wall. And I start looking, I look at this picture and it's that picture, <laughs> a picture of Nixon and Elvis. And it's signed. <gasps> hey, so and so. Thanks for a hook starting or helping us set up this meeting. Richard Nixon. What? Right. And I was like, what? I looked at my sister. I go, who does this fucking house? Is this like, <laughs> whose house are we in? Whose house is this? And she went on to tell me. And I honestly, again, I don't want to, I don't even, I don't yeah. really remember who it was, but. Whoever it was, he had, he knew Richard Nixon and worked in that administration and, like, wow. was a part of however this... Okay.
0: That is so anyway, cool. It's so fucking cool. Anyway. And imagine, like, that's your picture. Like, <gasps> thanks for
1: hooking me up with all this. Yes! <laughs> so <sighs> let's talk about, like, what was going on right before this meeting happened. So in in, in this country in 1970, like the spring of 1969, Richard Nixon... Announces he's going to start pulling troops out of Vietnam. This is before yes. he was more popular than ever. Like the war was a huge, it was contentious. The country was up in arms. The young people were, you know, smoking dope and like rebelling against yes. their parents who talked about Vietnam and blah, blah, blah. So like, well, is it good for? <laughs> absolutely nothing. Say it again. <laughs> so they were, you know, it was a crazy time. And of course, Elvis. Um, he's in his mid thirties. He's starting to do his shows in Vegas. He's now in that stage of his career where where he's he's wearing the the jumpsuits and and the capes and the big glasses, like the typical Elvis, not the young Elvis. We're getting into the older Elvis, but it's right at the beginning. But he's, he's really as popular as he has ever been too. But, What's happening is when you watch the news, as you watch the, the, the young people are protesting and the, the use of drugs is rising among, amongst young people. Janis D- Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, they're, yes. they're dying within weeks of each other. Uh, it's like a terrible time. You've got, but you have bands like Led Zeppelin, the Beatles, Rolling yes, Stones. It's the like doors. These, these cooler, you know, talking about experimenting with drugs, like all these yes. kinds of, and Elvis is still this like all American. Well, they're not. American, right, 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 right. But Elvis is like this all American, like I don't use drugs kind of. This is the whole right. This is the whole thing that he was trying yes. to. But the other thing about Elvis is that he's incredibly uh, like Nixon. He's incredibly paranoid, and there's this thing about power. Like they they do have a lot in common. These two guys, you know, like Elvis really was about being in charge and having power. And he, one of the things he did was like collect badges police badges oh i didn't know that yeah so he would go to like the memphis police department and be like i want to have a badge like i want to be a part of the- I-, I i could fight crime with you guys like they and it's elvis so they just fucking hand him a badge of course, i mean and there's all these crazy stories about how he would pull people over no or he would stop people and show them the badge and be like yo blah 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 like trying to like like I've fight never crime
0: heard this with because this before but and
1: i think but again these stories are like stories they're rumors they're yeah, things that were said i love it but, but imagine at the same time
0: i would love to talk to someone who got pulled over by yes elvis to
1: be like what what were you thinking I, I know. <laughs> could you imagine <laughs> so the story goes that a few days before christmas so elvis is in memphis and um a few days before like so let's say it's like December 19th or something. He's in Memphis, and he, his father, Vernon, and his wife, Priscilla, were complaining that he had spent too much on Christmas presents. He had allegedly, according to them, spent more than $100,000 for 32 handguns and 10 Mercedes, Mercedes Benzes. He was just going to give them away as gifts. And so these two are like, what the fuck are you doing? Because he's yeah. like, you know, he's starting to get a little... Yeah. Kooky, right. So this annoyed Elvis, of course. And the first thing he did is he drove to the airport. This is someone who never travels alone. Never like he's like, I'm out. He goes to the airport, gets on a plane by himself and the, to the, just give me the next available flight. And he goes to D.C. He realized, like, what the fuck am I doing here? He's bored. Gets on another flight and goes to Los Angeles. He has a house in Los Angeles. He has friends there. People he's worked with before oh or whatever. God.
0: Imagine just being able to go yeah. and
1: do what you want. Flies everywhere by himself. Had an Amex and like, that's it. Like this is American Express. Yeah, and, he, and he's Elvis. And he's Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he was traveling with some guns and his collection of police what? badges. Like he had all these these things with him. And um, he gets to Los Angeles and there's a, this, there's a couple different things stories that i've read of how this popped into his head but he decides he wants a badge from the federal bureau of narcotics and dangerous drugs which was dea before yeah. dea so he decides that he really needs this badge and so according to priscilla presley she wrote in him her memoir quote the narc badge represented some kind of ultimate power to him uh, with the federal narcotics badge he believed he could legally enter any country both wearing guns and carrying any drugs he wished what? End quote like that's Is what he, he really crazy? thought. Yes. Well, he was crazy. He was getting. He was getting to that. Yeah. So he really wanted this badge, and um. So after just one day in Los Angeles, like now this thing's in his head that he wants it. Yes. So he Elvis asked his longtime aide Jerry Schilling to fly with him back to the Capitol, and then according to Schilling, quote, he didn't say why, but I thought the badge might be part of the reason. End quote. Oh God. So. On the Red Eye flight, Elvis wrote a, pr- a letter to President Nixon on American Airlines uh, stationery. And again, Jerry Schilling, I just watched this whole thing last night. It was him and this uh, guy who worked at the White House who was part of all of this. But they had a conversation like 10 years ago um, with the National Archives, talked about this whole thing and how it unfolded. And he was like, I've never seen Elvis write a letter. <laughs> I've <never laughs> seen him like, he's like, I didn't even know what he was writing. I didn't like peek over his shoulder. He was just like, I need paper. Do you think they have stationery on this plane? You know? So he writes his whole letter this and is so it's so wild. And it's all of I've this is I've never
0: heard this story. Yeah. And it, I've seen
1: that photo, but I've yes. never heard this story. And All of this is in the National Archives. You can see the handwritten letter, you can see all the memos that were written at the White House. It's so what? fucking crazy. So this is part of the letter. I have the whole thing, but this is part of it. He writes, Dear Mr. President, first I would like to introduce myself. I am Elvis Presley and admire and have great respect for your office. The drug culture, the hippie elements, the SDS, Black Panthers, oh. etc. Do not consider me as their enemy or as they call it, the establishment. I call it America and I love it. Sir, I I can and will be of any service that I can to help the country out. I have no concern or motives other than helping the country out. So I wish not to be given a title or an appointed position. I can and will do more good if I were made a federal agent at large. And I will help out by doing it my way (laughs) through my communications with people of all ages. First and foremost, I'm an entertainer, but all I need is the federal credentials. (laughs) So he's
0: basically... He's just like, like, hey, I'm Elvis. I'll sing some songs. Yes. Tell people about how cool you are, Nixon. Yes. Give me a badge.
1: Yes. So he basically goes on to say, like, I'm coming. I'm, I'm, this is the hotel. I like these hippies. Yeah. He's like, I'm staying at the Washington hotel. He gives his room numbers. He tells, he's got a guy, I got these two guys with me. That's uh, Jerry Schilling and Sonny West, who, who ends up arriving from Memphis, his bodyguard. And he says, I'm registered under the name John Burroughs. And he says, I'll be here as long as it takes to get the credentials of a federal agent. I have an, I've done an in-depth study of drug abuse and communist brainwashing techniques. Oh and I am my in, God. <laughs> I am right in the middle of the whole thing where I can say where I can and will do the most good.
0: So did Priscilla consider getting him, um, oh honey, I don't support for mental health. I'm
1: telling you, I don't think that, that, I don't think that you can tell Elvis anything. Yeah. Like this really was about just walking into the white house and getting what you, he literally walked into the fucking white house and got a badge. Like, (laughs) this is like, this is insanity. And he, and he knew he could do it. And even these two guys who were with him were like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, this is insane. Okay. So. Imagine what rock star today. Would That's have the that whole. Ability. That to me is
0: yes, and that to me is like the craziest. Well, part with of Trump, it could be anyone, right?
1: Well, even if, like if Kanye we, West being in the Oval yeah, Office yeah, is ca- insane.
0: Yeah, but if Trump it was a regular being in it, the White yeah, House is insane. Yeah, if it was a regular president, yeah, maybe not today.
1: And that was Trump, part of this too. Part of this was like why the picture is so appealing is that these two. The 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 weirdness of this straight politician, like, you know, cold, older man yes. and this young, hip, whatever. Like, what are these two people doing in the but same was room? But was Elvis
0: even considered hip by the young people at that time? Well,
1: according to him, he was. Yeah. Right? Okay. So, yeah, it's... No, he's saying the he's things saying, he thinks yeah. they want to hear so he can get this badge. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. We, we all know we find out later on, right? Like, right. he's doing all these drugs. Yes. Right? So oh, well,
0: well that's why he wants to have the ability to carry him in any yes, country.
1: Yes, he wants that badge. So after they landed, Elvis and Jerry Schilling took a limo to the White House. And Elvis dropped off his letter at the entrance, the northwest uh, entrance gate at about 6:30 a.m. So imagine this. You're a security <laughs> guard at this gate. Now, you can't drive up to these gates anymore, no. but you used to be able to drive up to this gate, and it's a long driveway to the White House, but yeah. he drives up in in his full velvet purple <laughs> suit <laughs> with, his glasses, with his glasses and the cape, and he's like, hey, he's got this yeah. letter, and the guard's like, what the fuck is going yeah. on? And so this guy, Jerry Schilling, has to get a card, and he's like, H- how you doing? This is, yeah. this is I'm Elvis manager, Presley. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, this is Elvis Presley, and he'd like this letter to get to the president, and the guy's like, uh, 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 okay, this is like yeah. 6.30 in the morning, right? The sun hasn't even come up yet. So they get back. They go back to the hotel and then Elvis left and went to the Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs because he's going to go there and try to get the badge. Right. He got a meeting with the deputy director, but not approval for the bureau badge. The guy was like, are you out of your fucking mind? What are you telling you? You're a rock star. You're a singer. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Stay in your lane, dude. Are you crazy? (laughs) So meanwhile, his letter was being delivered like up the chain at the White House, and the first person that got it was, um, the deputy assistant to the president, Dwight Chapin, and he calls Bud Krog, who, um, who, who is the, like the, he's part, not chief of staff, but he's part of that circle right and he calls me he's like the king is here and the guy's like there's no king on the agenda today like yes. i don't know what you're talking about he's like no 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 no. Like the king of rock and roll dropped off a letter and this guy was a huge fan this guy eagle krog but his name was bud uh that's his nickname and he was like what are you are you in fucking insane so um dwight reads this whole thing that Elvis wrote and then he writes a memo to the White House chief of staff outlining the meeting no. and why they should accept Elvis's request. So this is just guy fangirling over yes. Elvis yes. and he's like let's make it happen I yeah. need to see the king of rock So he, Yeah so he writes this memo uh. and he gets it he sends it to the chief of staff of, of, of uh, Nixon's chief of staff and on the actual memo that's in the archives and we'll put it in our notes it says um, H.R. Haldeman who was the chief of staff he wrote he signed off on it but he wrote in the memo like you you must be kidding! Like that's <laughs> written in there. You must be kidding. This guy wants to come here. Of course, this guy Bud Krog He loved the idea of this Nixon Presley summit, and he persuaded his bosses, including the chief of staff, to like let's just let's oh, just this do it. Be a
0: great media thing. <laughs> yes, a it'll great be. opportunity. Yeah, he'll yeah. help us.
1: There's all these drug issues in the country. The young people. This would be this would be perfect, yeah. right? So, Krog called the Washington Hotel and set up the meeting with Schilling, who was with Elvis, and then around noon, Elvis arrived at the White House with Schilling and then the bodyguard, Sonny West, who had just come in from Memphis. So... Wearing a purple velvet suit and a Ugh. huge gold belt buckle, a white silk shirt open to the navel, gold medallions, and amber sunglasses, Elvis came bearing a gift: a Colt forty-five pistol. Oh my God! <laughs> mounted in a display case that Elvis had plucked off his Los Angeles mansion no. wall before he left, which the Secret Service, of course, confiscated before <laughs> Krog could escort <sighs> uh, escorted Elvis uh, to meet Nixon. But the, oh we first sat God. down and had like a half-hour meeting, um, and then. Krog, this guy, Bud Krog, wrote a whole like outline for the meeting and an agenda and talking points for the president to be able to say something to Elvis. Because honestly, Cause, he uh, Nixon, doesn't have any yeah, idea. Pro- well, I think he knows who Elvis is, has but he does know, like, is. yeah, he, he's probably like, what the fuck. So, yeah, okay, so. <laughs> They went, they go in. So part of this, to the talking points, so on this memo, like the purpose it says is to thank Elvis Presley for his offer to help in trying to stop the drug epidemic <laughs> in the country and to ask to work with us in bringing a more positive attitude towards young people throughout the country. And then there's other things. And one of those like suggestions... That that the president could give for, to Elvis Presley, and one of them was record an album with the theme "Get High on Life." No, <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I love that. What so kid much. is listening high to on that? Lunch? I love it. Oh, so. Lord. um so when he so then Krog says when he was describing Elvis coming into the Oval Office said when he first walked into the Oval Office he seemed a little awestruck and then he, but he quickly like warmed to the situation right he's Elvis he's I mean yeah I don't think anything embarrasses yeah I don't think anything embarrasses him like, he thinks he deserves to be in every single room in the world you know yeah
0: I mean the ego I guess, I guess when you're you know a superstar yes, to yes. the level that he was
1: yeah so when he goes in. Nixon's standing by his desk, and Nixon's like, What in the? Because of his outfit, he's like, What in the fuck? Yeah. I these mean, are two worlds clashing. Like, could you imagine? Like, he's like, Who the uh, fuck is coming in this office? I wish
0: uh, they could do one of those colorized versions of
1: well, the photo. Th- there's a, I know, oh my there's God. There's a guy that
0: does it. There's a guy that takes all of these old photos, and he does this meticulous work of getting the accurate color.
1: Yes. um, That would be a cool one oh for him to do. It would be awesome. So, Elvis approaches Nixon and who's standing by the desk and he shook his hand and then he took out photographs of his wife and his daughter and like showed them picture and El- Nixon's like, yeah, yes. this is nice. Yes. Like, Nixon's <laughs> nodding his head like, what in the fuck yeah. is going on right now? And then he showed Nixon his cufflinks on his on his shirt. <laughs> it was so bizarre. So all of this is happening. The, the White House photographer, Ollie Atkins, snaps photographs. Um and they shook hands, which of course is where this famous picture comes from. But there's also pictures of him showing him all these pictures, and oh, he showed I him all his badges. These. He showed him all these. He different badges. The badges in. Yes. No. Yes. Um, and, and that's then of his course segue into yeah, I need he, one of yours Give me a badge. About, yeah. yeah. So of course Nixon's famous taping system had not been installed yet, so the conversation wasn't re- recorded. But Bud Krogs uh, took notes, and he. he he wrote, "Quote: Presley indicated that he thought the Beatles had been a real force for anti-American spirit. Oh, and please! So jealous, so jealous. The he president, is. of course, <laughs> Beatlemania yeah. girls were swooning. Oh my God, I still swoon about yes. um, Paul McCartney. <laughs> so then, um, the president then indicated that those who use drugs are also those in the vanguard of anti-American protests. So you know, just like it's us against against oh, everybody please. else. So he
0: won. The, what's the song? Uh, Get high on life. Yeah, that's going to go up against <laughs> high with the." little help for my friends yep. but i'm gonna get high on life instead yeah could oh, no. you imagine it's not gonna
1: happen elvis no
0: not gonna happen nixon <laughs> so you're elvis. gonna make
1: him run to the drugs <laughs> with that song so then um elvis told nixon um again adding that he'd been studying the drug culture and communist brainwashing then he asked the president for a badge from the bureau of narcotics and dangerous drugs wow. and then nixon turns to bud krog and says can we get him a badge right and so during that the thing i watched on youtube with the national archives with these guys talking about this whole thing he was like and what do you do when the president turns to you yeah and you says, gotta say yeah yeah you, you you can't say no like you know this person yeah. shouldn't have the badge and the president's not going to tell this guy no right like so it's like i have to then go like yeah i guess we could do it and nixon said great order order it done like ordered it done like that's it he's getting the badge this right? is so where are all these badges now are they in oh, like yeah.
0: graceland or something
1: um yeah i actually before you you came uh today like there i saw a whole box of like a like um what are those things called like the display shadow box like boxes, a shadow box it like had all his badges and all his ids that were given to him wow. he also got all these ids done
0: yeah i, I mean, want to see this i need to go it has to be at graceland right Isn't that i think the it's museum? at graceland i think it's at graceland
1: Okay, so <laughs> Elvis was, so of course, ecstatic, and in a su- surprising, sto- su- spontaneous gesture, Krogh uh, wrote that uh, Elvis put his left arm around the president and gave him a hug. <laughs> Before leaving, (laughs) Elvis asked Nixon to say hello to Schilling and West, the two men who had escorted him to the Oval Office. So Nixon said, Sure, have them come on in. And so they he playfully like punched Schilling on the shoulder and gave the men but gave both the men White House cufflinks. (laughs) And then Elvis said, This is my favorite, like ballsy dude ever, right? He's like, Oh, but Mr. President, they have wives too. So Nixon then gave them each a White House brooch for their wives. Dang. (laughs) Like, give me more, give me more. Like Elvis is just like, give me all of it, right? He wants all that swag, right? It's so funny because he,
0: he is just the epitome of swag. Yeah. And so he, that's just maybe how he operates that it's all about like shiny. He's like a little, like a little crow. Yeah. He just wants all the shiny things. Yes.
1: (laughs) But it's like not enough to be this, the most, one of the most famous people in the world. He also wants to have like this. Everything. Law and order power, like this weird, you know, it's so weird. It's very weird. Yeah. Um, so then after, after the meeting, Eagle Krog, you know, Bud Krog took him, took them to lunch at the white house mess, like the cafeteria and Elvis received his gift, which was the badge. Like he got, like he ordered it and while they, they went and had lunch while they waited and it showed up and it has his name engraved on it. It says Elvis, uh, Presley on it. (laughs) Um, and then Elvis requested that the meeting be kept secret, you know, because he's a secret agent. So he doesn't want anybody to know about the meeting. So it was made public about a year later, but nobody really gave a shit because at that point, I think started things started happening with Nixon and and Vietnam of course was like, yeah, I mean, people are like, so what he visited. Yeah. Yeah. I love this quote by David Greenberg. He wrote a book called Nixon shadow, the history of an image. And it said, um, it may not be significant as political history, nor did it benefit the president, but it's certainly interesting as cultural history in the sense that it captures a moment of early 1970s America as the country was so taken with the change that's being wrought by the counterculture, which I thought was really yeah. great too. It's like, like, it's like this, this
0: is the old. Yeah. The two of them and the yes. moving it to something different. Yeah. And That's these two really things, cool. usually
1: people in music, it did the politics. Yeah. It didn't mix, you know, those two things didn't go together. No. so, um, of course, afterwards, within a few years, the public became aware of Elvis's drug issues. And of course he didn't think, Oh, she, she also, uh, Priscilla Presley also said that he didn't think prescription drugs the same way he thought about illegal drugs. So he's taking all That's these things. That's still he like today though. Yes.
0: You know, I mean, now we have the opioid crisis, yes. but
1: he didn't think any, he didn't think those two things were, were the same. So Elvis died from a heart attack that was related to his drug use on August 16th, 1977. So not long after this, yeah um and of course Nixon resigned in disgrace in 1974 and then this guy Eagle Bud Krog who was part of all of this he became infamous as an official of the Nixon administration who was imprisoned for his part in the White House aff- like I'm Ooh. sorry the water- Watergate affair so he was part of that whole scandal and was one of the guys who like took the hit and went to wow. jail yeah and he, when he got out he he was able to practice law again and he has a he had a law firm and wrote all kinds Yay. of books and like served as a pr- professor at one of these universities what? like and even in this university YouTube thing I knew that this was one of the people from doing the research for the story but I'm watching this and I'm like he's sitting here at the National Archives yes. doing this interview and he was as in if, jail as if he was somebody who and what he's of a course criminal yes and so what makes me think about all these people like Michael Flynn or like oh. all these people who for like 20 30 years from now we'll be doing interviews and I'm like what trying to have conversations with them. I mean, this is a funny moment in history, but like also this guy's a fucking criminal, yeah, right? Like what the fuck's going on right now? Short memory. Oh girl. That's the worst part about all of it, especially with voting. Yeah. You know, they don't remember anything.
0: Oh my God. What a wild little story. Priscilla Presley. My, my only fond memories of her are in,
1: uh, the naked gun movies. (laughs) Well, yeah, let's not forget how creepy that fucking relationship was. She was, was like she was like 14 child. or yeah. 15 when they met, and he had her parents sign off on them getting married. Yeah. She was very, she was very child. young.
0: I mean, she, yeah, was definitely uh, taken advantage of. Yes.
1: Definitely. So, oh my God, girl. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So that's the story. It's great. Yeah. Good, 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 good. I
0: loved it. Awesome. All right. Well, we're almost to 30,
1: girl. <gasps> Are we gonna do something for thirty? Do you think? I don't do you want know. to or no? Let's let's see. Let's see where the wind takes us. All right, you never but, know. Nowadays, the shit pops up. We gotta start covering. We gotta do a big story. My God, <laughs> I think we've done good the last few weeks. So keeping it to a normal yes. length of a of an episode, and soon we're gonna have like a huge thing coming out for the podcast. Um, yes. in July. So yeah. I'm not sure what date that drops, but I'm so excited to share that oh with my everybody. God. We are very excited. Yes. <laughs> All right.
0: So I hope you have a good week. Yes, me too. (laughs) Here we go again. Another week. Here we go. Another week.
1: All All right.
0: right. Bye. Bye. If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please follow the episode notes on our website, themuckpodcast.fireside.fm. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck to support the Muck
1: Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level: Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do it without you. Music for the Muck Podcast, written and performed by Sean Docherty.
0: Coming up next week on the Muck Podcast:
1: Yeezy Twenty Twenty, no, bro. Listen, listen. <laughs> please, for the love of God, we we
0: we can't have another. We can't. We can't. Two thousand men died and twenty thousand were injured annually. Wow, working on the the railroads. Wow, it's a lot. Yeah, like, it is. Twenty thousand people yeah. injured a year in two thousand. And if you lose a
1: hand or you lose a limb, what do you, what other work are you going to be what doing are you now?
0: Do? Especially if you were a labor
1: guy. Yeah,
0: you know. Yeah.